John chapter 4 tells us about a believing nobleman. I like this story because of all the people that have ever lived, billions of people have lived on this planet. And God chose a handful of stories among those to, to record in Scripture, a handful of people who had encounters with Jesus, and He had hundreds, thousands of encounters with Jesus. When the multitudes would surround him, thousands of people would be there. And thousands of people were wanting his ear and his attention. And you can imagine, but of all those stories, there are a handful that God saw fit to select to record for us. And there must be significance. Uh, the things that were written, John says at the very end of this book, the things that were written were written that... Um, we might know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that believing in Him, we might have life through His name. So they were they were given and recorded so that we can uh, know. So let's look at John chapter 4, and I want you to read along with me, beginning in verse 46, and we'll read this account, and then we'll go back and make some comments. John chapter 4, verse 46, beginning. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where He had made the water to wine, And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down to heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. And he inquired of them, What hour? When, what was the hour when he got better? And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household... This, again, is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Um, You know, this story is an interesting account. There's There's a father whose son is dying, and he hears that Jesus is in the area. And before I had the opportunity to go to Israel, I didn't, when I heard Judea and Galilee, I remembered sometimes, like maybe sixth grade or so, I remember one of the teachers pulling out the maps and, and said it, but it, it just seemed so foreign. But, but Judea was in the southern part of Israel, and he had come up to the northern part. That's what it says. And, and when word got to him that Jesus was in Cana of Galilee, he also, he was living in Capernaum. He said, I've got to go see him. Because he's the only hope. And so he left his dying son in hopes that Jesus could do something for him and that when he came back home, his son would still be alive. There's a tremendous amount of faith that it took on the nobleman's part to leave his son, who was in this kind of condition. Not many of us would want to leave the bedside, but, but he did. And and the the miracle that was performed, the reaction of the nobleman, I think 
contain some lessons for us. So let's, let's pick out a few things from this particular text. And the first thing that I want you to see is, and to acknowledge, is that the nobleman heard that Jesus was in the area. How, how do you do that? If you look on a map, uh, Cana of Galilee and Capernaum are about 20 miles apart. They didn't have telephones, cell phones, internet, radio. They, they didn't have newspapers. They, the only way they found out about things is word of mouth. And so when Jesus came into the area, there were people who were talking about Jesus. I think that's noteworthy. Are there Christians talking about Jesus in Carnes today? Are there Christians who talk about Jesus to their neighbors? If a person dies from Carnes, do they have the excuse of saying, I never knew. I didn't know. I had never heard that. I hope that we talk enough about Jesus in this community that everyone knows who Jesus is and what he offers and how they can receive it. I can't make the decision for them, but I certainly can conduct myself and live in such a way that everybody knows. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ, he he lives in me. And and the life that I now live, I, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I no longer live for myself, I live for Jesus, and and it's just as though Jesus is literally living inside of me, because my whole being, I'm sold out to him. Let's be that kind of people. Let's be like those first century Christians, or first century followers and believers in Jesus, that when he came into a territory, everybody knew, and I hope people know that the Lord has a church in Carnes. I hope the church, or the people in our community know that Jesus has followers, uh, representatives in this community. And if they don't know that, then we need to spread the word better. The, by the way, that's part of what we're doing in this newspaper. Uh, it's an opportunity to get word out and have the church's name attached to it. And not only, by the way, is that just in the Carnes shopper, but it's going out throughout the, the other, you know, the the other shopper uh, papers in this area, in the Knoxville area. So it's an excellent opportunity to to help spread the word. In First Corinthians chapter um, fifteen, Paul condemns them, or at least rebukes them, and says, listen guys, there are people who do not have a knowledge of Jesus in in your community. There are some Corinthian people that don't know Jesus. And he said, I speak this to your shame. Wake up. Share the news. Talk about Jesus to them. And we need to do the same. That's how the nobleman heard about Jesus. That's how he had this encounter that changed his life. Because somebody heard that Jesus was in town and went and shared it. We need to be doing the same thing. Here's another lesson we learned from this story. And that is that the nobleman had interest in Jesus, or 
Well, at least to the extent of what Jesus can do for him. I don't know that he understood and believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, and that he was sold out to that idea. I do know that he thought that Jesus was a miracle worker and he needed a miracle. His son was dying and left at the point of death when he left. I don't know if he even knows if his son's still alive. I'm sure he doesn't. And the thoughts that must have raced through his mind as he leaves home and leaves the side of his son to to go find this man 20 miles away. Uh, What he wanted was um, Jesus to help him to meet his needs. I think the needs that he was looking for were those immediate physical needs. I don't know that he was looking to Jesus to to meet his spiritual needs. And maybe Jesus calls him out on that. Because do you you see, when he came to Jesus and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death, here's what Jesus said. He said, let's get right on that. No, that's not what he said. He said to him, you people... Seek signs, and you seek wonders, and you won't believe unless you see them. That's a rebuke of sorts. What what are you wanting? You're wanting signs and wonders. Why, Why can't you just come to me believing the testimony? You seek signs and wonders. Folks, you know there are people that use... Christianity. There are people that tried to use Jesus. They were only interested in the bread that he would provide. You know, he could multiply the fish and the loaves and, and hey, free meal. Let's go see Jesus. You know, there are people that still look for free meal with regard to Jesus. I, I know a man that went to every, he, he knew, he received every bulletin of the churches in the area and he knew exactly when every congregation was having a covered dish dinner and he went to church that Sunday to get a meal. And he made his rounds, and he was known by all the churches as the guy who just shows up at everything as long as there was a meal there. Um, There are people that are still like that. There are people that have no use for religion until their baby's getting married. Oh, we need a church wedding. Oh, well, we better start going to church so we can rent that that building or use that building. Um, There are people that have no use for Christianity until... Someone dies in their family. Oh, well, who's going to bury them? Who's going to do the funeral? We, we, need to get, we need to... And just today, I received an email this morning from a man, and he said, I, I need help. I, I need this. And, this. and boy, he gave me a laundry list for his over with of things that he needed. And he told me at the end of it, and I need it immediately. And he then, uh, when I asked a couple questions... He wrote back, and the subject line of his email to me was Matthew chapter 25. You know, the passage that says, and, and the least that you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And, and, you know, gave me the spiel about if I don't help somebody, you know, I'm going to be part of the goats that Jesus re- re- rejects someday. And uh, then as we talked a little more, I said, you know, we have protocol because we have to be good stewards of the money. And, and I started to ask some questions, and he fired off some more things back and saying, I need it now, and, and I don't believe Jesus would ask for protocols for, you know, this and that. And 
all he wanted with the church was a free handout. He wasn't interested in what we stand for or who we are. He just wanted something free. And that's how some people come to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason this man came to Jesus. He came to him because he believed he could help. But it was in physical things. And Jesus calls his attention to that. You know, you guys are coming to me because of what you can see, what you can get, the miracles and the signs. There's more to it than just that. Here's a third thing that I learned from this text, and it is that the nobleman believed in the words of Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 50. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. I think that's pretty amazing because the man doesn't say, no, 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 you you need to come to my house. You need to come with me. He didn't do that. He believed what Jesus said. When Jesus said, your son's okay, he said, thank you, and he left. And he headed back home. And this is a point that I think is interesting to me that tells me the depth to which he believed. If you left your child on his or her deathbed and pulled yourself away to go find the only hope that you had, and when he says he's okay, what would be your next inclination? Hurry home. I wouldn't dilly-dally home. My mind would be racing. I'd be thinking, is it true? Did he really? You know, and I would want to hurry. I would run. This is a nobleman. He probably had some form of transportation. He wasn't probably just walking. But even if he was walking from Cana to to Capernaum, it's all downhill. It, It would have been an easy walk. He could have very easily made his way home that same day. But look at what the text says. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, your son lives. And he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at one o'clock in the afternoon. It's the next day. Jesus and this man had this conversation at one o'clock in the afternoon. And this man so believed Jesus that he did not just break his neck getting home. It's the next day, and he still isn't home. He's met by his servants, and they tell him that your son got better at 1 o'clock yesterday. That's trust. He believes that his son is okay. He doesn't believe that he needs to hurry home and see his son before he passes because he He believed the words of Jesus. I wish that we could maintain and develop that kind of faith in the words of Jesus. To have absolute confidence. You know, Jesus said through his inspired apostles, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The apostle John said that if we confess our faults, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And yet we'll pray and we'll worry and we'll pray about that same thing again and again and again. Why do we do that? Because we haven't learned to trust Jesus 
as much as maybe this man did. He took the words of Jesus and said, I believe you. And just headed home, but he didn't head home in a rush. We could have so much more security in our lives if we would learn to trust Jesus. Just take him at his word. He'll do what he said. And and that that resolves a whole lot of our worries. The nobleman also then believed not just in the words of Jesus, and that's where he started, but he also believed in Jesus himself. Look at verse 54. And again, uh, well, the, uh, let me see here. Um, verse 52, 53, excuse me. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives, and he himself believed and his whole household. Well, wait, believed, he just said he believed. Well, no, there's a difference. In the first part, he believed the words of Jesus. And in the second part, I think he's talking about believing in Jesus himself. It's not just he's trusting in his words, but he's actually trusting in the one who spoke the words. And there's a difference. Do you know people who believe in Jesus, but they don't, they believe the words of Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus? They haven't trusted in him? When I was a younger boy, there was a man who would help my dad conduct Bible studies. And I would go on some of those Bible studies with the Joel Miller film strip, you know, and we'd go into homes and set it up. And this man helped to set those Bible studies up. But he wasn't a Christian. He believed that Jesus was telling the truth. He believed in the words of Jesus, but he never trusted in Jesus himself. And he still hasn't to this day. Um, There are people who can trust and believe, oh yeah, I I believe the Bible. But they're not doing what he says. They haven't obeyed the one who spoke the words of the Bible. We need to be like the nobleman and not only believe what Jesus said, but believe in his person. He's our Savior. Not just his words, but his person. And then here's the last point I want to make tonight with you. And that is that the nobleman then shared his knowledge of Christ with others. It says not only did he believe in Jesus, but so did his whole household. And the only way that they could have known that is because he came back and he said, let me tell you what happened. I ran into Jesus and we had this conversation and I told him about what happened and he said that he was okay and that happened exactly one o'clock and I'm coming home and I, I, I find my cert and they say he, he got better yesterday at one o'clock. And they became believers too. But they wouldn't have known had he not told them. Could it be that we have some in our own households, some close to us, that we have not yet told about Jesus. We've not shared with them what Jesus has done for us and who he is and what a difference he can make in our lives. This nobleman did. And it brought brought salvation to his house. And that's what I want us to be able to do as well and, and have the same salvation come to our homes. But... Here's a short story in John chapter 4 that I think contains several powerful, thought-provoking lessons that challenge me in the way that I'm living my life today. Do I trust Jesus? Do I um, 
Is my faith in him just manipulative? I, I want what he can give for me and do for me, or, or have I really sold out to him? Have I shared what I know about Jesus with others? Am I helping so that this community knows that Jesus has representatives here? Those are all things that challenge us, and I hope that we'll uh, step up to that challenge. We not only need to believe the words of Jesus, but we need to place our faith in Him, the person of Jesus. And there may be someone here tonight that believes in His words, but maybe you haven't acted on it. You haven't shown that you trust His words. This nobleman, when he heard that Jesus said, your son's okay, he just got up and went home. He believed him. He trusted in his words. If you trust in the words of Jesus, what will you do tonight when you hear him say, as he did in Mark 16 and verse 15, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Do you believe that? Do you trust his words? He'll keep his promise. If you haven't yet obeyed that simple command of the Lord, do that tonight. Trust in Him and trust in His words and He will do you good. If you need to respond to the invitation tonight because you've been unfaithful as a Christian and you need the prayers of your brethren, uh, we'll pray with you if you'll come as we stand together and sing.